And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy Miller. Everyone, I'm Brad Keston. And my name is Jenny Wilson. This is Stacey Heather Tolkien. Hi, my name is Angela Lee Sloan, also known as the voice of Lucy. The voice of Charlie Brown. The voice of Sally Brown. It's Peppermint Patty. The voice of Linus on Peanuts. Derek Mackey with Cool Water Productions LLC and Sam Mason are bringing you the first virtual live autograph signing event ever. This is your chance to add our autographs to your collection. We have pictures, Funko Pops, Super 7 figures, private one-on-one -on -one video chats, and a group panel. You can find all the information on any of our social media pages just by searching at Peanuts Reunion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can actually also order tickets to our October 10th two-part event on inhouse-con.com. The first part of the event will be the one-on-one -on -one video chats and Peanuts panel hosted by Derek Mackey from 12 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. Then you can go over to our Facebook page and watch us sign your items live hosted by Sam Mason. We also have a, uh, a mail-in service where you can send in your items and have them signed by us. Or you can buy one or more of our items that we have for pre-sale. Starting now! The pre-sale items are limited in number, so get yours today. Brad Keston, voice of Charlie Brown. Sally Brown. This is Linus. So, join us October 10th. We can't wait to see you there, and thanks so much. And I'd like to thank you for being a Peanuts fan. Thanking you for being a Peanuts fan. I'd really like to thank you for being a Peanuts fan. This is Peppermint Patty, and I would like to thank you for being a Peanuts fan. See you on October 10th. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to Lupa's Bits, episode 14. I am your host, Lupa Barty, affectionately known as Stephanie Barty as well. And how are you all? Um, I was going to try and keep this episode light and airy and funny and full of stories from my past that are entertaining, because, like, God, I've been finding out lately, I have a lot of stories. I've been reminded of things this week that I actually have forgotten. I have more stories than I remember. Um, so, I, I was going to keep the podcast like that, but it's kind of um, been a rough week. So, we'll see where this goes. We'll see um, how this podcast plays out. It's going to hopefully start out light and airy. It's definitely not going to be as heavy and as serious as it was last week. Um, and I do want to send a shout out to a couple of people who listened and um, sent in support and um, sent me some really lovely comments and some support. And um, 
Wow, I do say and and um a lot. Hmm. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, I greatly appreciate it. It really means a lot to me uh, to know that I have that kind of support out there when I need it. Um, and that I was able, I actually was able to help somebody that I don't even know. I've never met her. I don't know her. She is the girlfriend of um, a friend of mine. And they had her listen to the podcast. And um, she told me that she cried the entire way through. So um, my friend has asked me if I could sit down with her girlfriend and talk to her. Um, and maybe kind of help her through what she's been through. Um, and maybe it'll be a healing moment for both of us. Who knows? So that, that is why I do this. That is why I am so open and, um, transparent with my life for the most part. I mean, I do keep some things private. Um, but you know, we're only 14 episodes in, so <laughs> nothing is completely off the table. But um, yeah, so I I want to, I think this episode is basically, is pretty much going to be reminiscing. It's going to be remembering. Um, this whole week has been about remembering and reminiscing about the old days and, you know, good and bad. And I lost a very, very dear friend of mine and she was a very private person. So finding out that she had passed on Monday, um, came as a hell of a shock. And how I found out didn't help. Um, her and I, we haven't talked in a, probably about three weeks or so. We had plans. She was a big supporter of my writing. She always had been. And um, we met 2007 at a festival. And <laughs> I posted a song on Facebook in honor of her uh, by the arrogant worms called I Am Cow. And to some, I did get some comments, some some private messages about, you know, how can you be so callous and, and don't you think that's a little jovial for um, such a, a serious situation? And I, you know, I didn't... I didn't see it that way because it was such a meaningful um, song. And yes, it is a funny song. It is a cow. It's about a cow and how they taste great on the barbecue and all the things that come from its udders. But you need to understand the story behind that song. We were at a festival. It was cold. It was rainy. It was dreary. It was May. <laughs> Okay, if you are from Ontario, Canada, or anywhere that gets Canadian type weather, like, I don't know, Wisconsin would know, um, Arkansas probably understands. Anyway, 
it was May. So it was cold. Uh, we did have some wet snow. Yes, we were camping. We were in tents. We were sleeping on air mattresses. Tent heaters come in handy. That's why they were invented. And the weather had just been absolutely miserable all weekend. My friend, uh, Melissa and our other friend, Angela, at the time they were my students and, um, they had asked me to do this ridiculous song with them at the bonfire that night to kind of just entertain everybody that was around the bonfire. So, of course, I enlisted our other friend, MC, and our friend, Lynn. And Lynn was the friend that just passed. Oh, you have to bear with me. I have something in my eye, and mild panic is ensuing. Okay, we're good. We're just going to stop touching the eye. Probably an eyelash. <sighs> okay. Whew. We have maintained, we are back, we are good, we are calm-ish. Okay, so we practiced all day singing this ridiculous little song. And we could not make it all the way through without one of us completely losing it and laughing. And nine times out of ten, it was Lynn who would just completely drop the ball and bust out laughing. So we ended up having to position her behind me. Now you have to keep in mind, I am five foot three. Lynn was not. She was probably five, six and I'm sitting and I've got my daughter, Katie at the time was five or six, 2007. She was seven. This is why I had a child in 2000. It is very easy for me to do the math as to how old she is today or then. She was seven, so she was sitting on my knee because she wanted to sing, and she had this little stuffed cow with her. It was hilarious. So Lynn is standing behind me, and she's got her hands on my shoulders. And there is a picture out there somewhere of her, of all of, of the group of us singing this song. And she's standing behind me, and she's got her hands on my shoulders. And every time she goes to laugh, she squeezes my shoulders. So my singing voice goes up about three octaves. And then she would kind of rein it in and keep singing and, and loosen the grip. And then, you know, it would get to another funny part in the song about the ozone layer and what comes out of a cow's butt. And hands would clench again. <laughs> and, you know, up, up my voice would go and I'd be singing like this. So, yeah, that was a wonderful memory. One that sticks out in my head. And the only pictures that I have of Lynn and I, because we live seven, seven hours away from each other, one way, is pictures of us at that festival. So I cherish those. I went looking for them and I have them saved on my phone now. Um, so I guess it, it hit me harder than... It hit me really hard. It hit me... Re I'm not going to lie. It hit me really hard because I haven't seen her, like physically seen her in quite a few years. We have kept in touch over the last 16 years um, on Facebook. We talked almost every other day 
on Facebook. We were constantly sending stuff back and forth and tagging each other and stuff and, you know, commenting on each other's posts and all of that stuff and, you know, private messaging each other. We had plans when COVID kind of hit stage three and things kind of calmed down a little bit that I was going to, um, now that I have a car, I was going to drive to go and visit with her and spend a week. And we were going to, you know, bum around Ottawa and Montreal and, and visit a lot of the places we used to hang out like Eganville and, um, we're going to go down to St. Elmo. There's, there's, there's a story there. (laughs) And I know one of my listeners just threw her head back and bust out laughing because we were actually talking about St. Elmo today, today, today or yesterday. And, um, yeah, we were going to do like a whole week, two week visit. And I was going to autograph, eternally bound she bought she was i do believe she was one of the first few that got it on pre-order and um no she didn't she refused to do pre-order because she didn't want the discount she wanted to buy it at full price in support which i thought was absolutely awesome and i told her that i would get a book and I would sign it and I would mail it to her and she absolutely refused she said that was no good I had to come and visit and sign it in person. And that was her way of getting me there to visit. And obviously that never happened. Um, yeah. So, and now it's, it's not going to. So. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a, a, a tough week. Uh Yeah, I've kind of had my ups and downs this week. Um, and I don't know why. I I've, I've felt I have felt very insecure this week. Um, in a lot of things. In my abilities as a writer. In my abilities as an editor. In my abilities as a sister. And as a friend. And as an aunt. And as a woman in general. And I've had a zillion things flying through my head. And I sit down to write them down and they're like little moths. I can't catch just one. I can't. You know, you get that little net out and you're chasing the moths and the butterflies and all that. You get like six of them in the net. And it's like, no, you only wanted the one. And you can't get just that one. Well, that's like the thoughts in my head this week. And I don't know why. I I don't. It could be the time of year. It could be the fact that we're transitioning from September to October, which is a very significant month for me, has always been a significant month for me. Um, We'll get into that more in October uh, because it'll fit the time of year. I will tell you a bit more about me and the things that I can do. And that I have abilities in. But we'll do that in October. So you have to wait for that. Um, I actually did something very cathartic this week. And if you had a chance to listen to um, the World of Mythbits on Monday, 
you will have heard a familiar voice. Yes, that was me. That wasn't my doppelganger. That wasn't my stunt double. That was actually me. I still do all my own stunts. You know, even as famous as I am. (laughs) I do all my own stunts. And um, it was nice to be back on the podcast. It was nice to... um, it was like it's it was kind of like slipping on an old comfortable sweater that you love and and it's it's well worn and it fits just right but it's kind of got that 80s neon look to it so you know you've outgrown it and it was it, it felt really good to um, to revisit that and reaffirm to myself that handing it over to Joe and Jenna was the right decision. Um, a because they're doing a fantastic job and B because it was time. I had outgrown um my vision for myself had outgrown what my abilities and my um range was on the world of mythbits and i have stories to tell i have issues to discuss i have a bigger purpose than um where I was able to go on the world of Mythbits. And I do miss doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong. I do miss it. I loved doing it. I loved every minute of it. And I miss my listeners that I had um, over there. I miss interacting with them. And, you know, I miss magazine review. But now I get the opportunity to be the writer again and submit to the magazine. Well, I don't have to submit to the magazine because I'm the editor, so, you know. But I get the opportunity to be a listener on Magazine Review and hear my stuff reviewed. (laughs) So it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. But like I said, this episode is all about reminiscing and remembering and going back and remembering things that you may have forgotten. And I was reminded this week of, I took a friend of mine. We started talking, uh, recently and, um, we've been reminiscing, reminiscing about our, uh, our glory days. (laughs) I just call it for what it was. It was our glory days. We were on top of the world or so we thought, um, In our minds, we were on top of the world. We were having the best time of our life. And I was taking her to her very first festival. And I can't... Oh, Prism! That was the name of it! Prism! Now, (laughs) we had thought... Every time we would say it, it would sound like we were saying prison. As in, you know, the big cement building with the bars. But it wasn't prism, like the the thing that reflects, ref, bleh, refracts light. Prism, not prison. 
So I was taking her to her very first festival, and I kind of looked around for something that was kind of tame, kind of calm, to kind of ease her into it, because I'm that kind of person. And it seemed very laid back, very quiet, very easygoing. Yeah. Well, it was certainly not what neither what either one of us expected. We got lost to start with, and we ended up pulling into, um, I think it was, it was a church parking lot. And I think the church's name was Our Lady of Perpetual Hope, because we found that absolutely hysterical, the fact that we're sitting here with, like, the old-fashioned map, because we didn't have GPS or cell phones back then, I mean... Well, we did, but they weren't like they are today. We didn't have Google Maps back then. So we had, a, we had an actual map and, you know, printed out directions. <laughs> so pulling into the parking lot of Our Lady of Perpetual Hope was kind of funny. And then we had got some drive through because we were hungry. So we figured we have to pull over anyway. I'm going to take the opportunity to eat. I mean, I can drive and I can eat. Trust me. I can I can mow down a Big Mac while doing a buck twenty, not a problem, and not get any. Well, okay, it's a Big Mac, not get very much on me. Um, but you know sometimes it's nice to be able to use two hands and not have to use one hand and hold the box. You can actually use two hands and eat the burger. So we pulled in, and then you know we're sitting there and we're trying to figure out where the heck we're going and. I, I see this this fluttering kerfuffle out my passenger window where Mish happens to be sitting. And I look over and I swear it was an 80s band. There was literally a flock of seagulls outside the window because she's got the window down about three inches and she's flinging french fries out the window because she's bored. I'm looking at the map trying to figure out where I'm going. And she's bored, flinging french fries out the window so that the seagulls will attack the people walking by. <laughs> I said we were having the time of our lives. I didn't say the things we were doing were good. We were just having a good time. So we get to this festival. And I'm used to going to events where you have intense workshops during the day and you're going pretty much from like a class to a class to a class and you're learning stuff and you're doing stuff and then at night you have a couple of drinks there's a huge community bonfire there's drumming there's singing there's dancing and it's a good time and it usually goes till dawn you get a couple hours sleep you get up you do it all again well we get we finally get to where we're going and the gate is closed. I've never been to an event where there isn't somebody at registration. 24. Well, I can't say seven because most events that I've been to don't run seven days. The longest one was Spirits of the Earth and it ran six days. But there's usually somebody sitting at the gate at registration because people come in at all hours of the day and night. Especially on a Friday. Because people get off work, they live a far distance. Anyway, the gate is locked, and we're like, um, are we sleeping in the van? So we get out, and we decide we're going to 
walk in and see if we can find them. And we realize as we're walking in, this is a normal, regular, open to the public campground. Every event that I've gone to, if it's in a campground, the hosts of the event book the entire campground. It is closed to the public. Unless you have a ticket for this event, you are not getting in that gate. Not happening. So we're walking and we're seeing, you know, just regular people. Not part of the event. Um, Okay. So we decided, all right, we're going to sleep in the van. So we get back in the van. I make a little, you know, nest in the back because I'm wee. (laughs) And short and I only need so much space. And, you know, Mish reclines the chair and she flakes out in the, uh, in the front. So we wake up at dawn and, um, we finally get in and it's a very small area of the campground in amongst everybody else. So all of our vendors are kind of spread out. And I mean, you've got vendors selling swords and knives, and then you've got vendors selling all natural soaps and oils and incense. And you've got vendors selling sarongs and cloaks and, and medieval style clothing mixed in with, I think it was an Italian family reunion. So while we're having, you know, workshops on Reiki and metaphysical energy and um, magical theory and things like that. They're cutting through the middle of our group playing bocce ball. So (laughs) that was an experience, let me tell you. And what I always assumed was drum circle was not because no noise after 11. You have to be quiet. So they did this story thing where... It started with one person and they had continued this story from like previous years. It just continued on and on and on and on and on every year. And of course, you know, we're both new to this and didn't know the story. And we're like, oh, no, 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 we pass. Oh, no, we pass. Seriously, we pass. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) the next one I took her to was Kaleidoscope and she had a far better time. Um. And we, I got a, a, it was a really small world moment. Um, but yeah, so I've been reminiscing with her all week. Um, and a lot of those stories will not be shared. Uh, to protect, (laughs) to to protect the identity of the innocent, those will not be shared. (laughs) That and, you know, um to protect myself. I'm privy to a lot of information and I will stay privy to that information and it will stay private and with me. Um, So yes, some of the stories that we were reminiscing about that we were involved in around near or privy to um, will stay with me. I will say one thing because I know there are people out there listening to this podcast that were there and all I have to say is Mimico and jump the shark. <laughs> and I know I'm going to get a couple of PMs, uh, private messages on that. And all they're going to say is LOL <laughs> it's all they're, and swans. Don't forget the swans. 
That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so I managed to keep it light for 25 minutes. Now, I said this was about reminiscing. And part of the remembering and part of the reminiscing that we were discussing is back in the day, I was a very quiet person. Um, I, okay, all right, stop laughing. Oh, you just stop laughing. I was quiet in the sense that I didn't speak my mind. I wouldn't tell people when I wouldn't tell people when I was upset. I wouldn't tell people when I was angry. I wouldn't tell people if something they were doing was bothering me. Um, I would keep it inside and um, I would self-harm in not in the, in a cutting kind of way. Um, I had a spot on the side of my hand where my thumb kind of with a V my thumb and my index finger come down and I would put my thumb there from my other hand and I would rub until there was a burn. So I always kind of had a scab there and I don't have any hair there on my hand. It won't grow there at all anymore. Um, and I'm doing it again. I'm doing it now. <laughs> I haven't done it in six, seven years probably. And I'm doing it now and I'm getting that, that there is a release of endorphins that you get from self-harming. And that is why we do it. It's that release. Anyway, I tended to be the one that was always saying, I'm sorry. And I realized over the last seven years, six or seven years, that I was causing myself more harm by keeping those things in, by not standing up for myself, by not saying, hey, you know what? You're being a bit of a dick. We need to talk because what you're doing is affecting me and this is how it's affecting me. And I've done it in every single relationship I've ever been in, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a family relationship, whatever it was. I was the pleaser. At least I tried to be. Um, pretty sure my ex will tell you different. <laughs> But I didn't rock the boat. I didn't um, stand up for myself. I was always, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What can I do? What can I say to make it better? You're right. Whatever. Whatever. It didn't matter. I was that doormat. I was that punching bag. I was that verbal dumping ground when somebody was in a bad mood. And I realized... You can't be like that. You need to say what you need to say. And what kind of inspired the topic for tonight, because I was, you know me from the world of myth. If you've come over from the world of myth, then you know my free forms are free form. I hit record and I pretty much don't have an idea what I'm going to talk about. This one, for some reason, is a little more, I'm a little more structured over here. 
And the whole point was to give me a little more freedom. And I'm structuring myself. I am choosing topics. This is what I'm talking about. A song came on the radio today. And I haven't heard it in a long time. And it was one of my favorite songs when it first came out. It's one of the few songs by John Mayer that I actually like. Um, I could totally not get into Your Body is a Wonderland or whatever playground I don't know whatever um but this song it it resonated with me then because I couldn't say what I needed to say it resonated with me now because I do say what needs to be said and I think it hit me more today because my friend Lynn just died and there were things that I didn't get to do, things that I didn't get to say. And I'm not going to get to say because of COVID and the new restrictions. I'm not going to be able to go to her celebration of life and say goodbye. So say what you need to say. Listen to the song. Listen to the lyrics of the song. And let them kind of... As one of my favorite TikTokers, let that kind of marinate a little bit with you, you know, around. Sit with it. Sit with those lyrics. And if you don't like the song, that's fine. Google the lyrics and just read them. Because life is short. You don't always get the perfect moments. You don't always get another chance. So if you've got something to say, say it. Don't worry about you know, is it the right time? Is it the right place? Should I say anything? I mean, okay, there is, ah, I've got a hair or something. Oh, oh. Mm. (sighs) okay. So now you're hearing slight panic. I have this thing with my left eye. Um, I've scratched it up pretty bad in the past and I've had abscesses in it and had to wear the eye patch and, you know, did the whole pirate thing. And when something gets into my eye and I can feel it, I panic because I think it's going to scratch the cornea again and I'm going to have to wear the patch and I can't drive and I can't see, which is a big thing for me. I I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day. I had it with a few friends, actually. I would probably handle far better losing my eyesight than losing my hearing. Um, I'm very musical. I, I, my life is run on a soundtrack and being stuck in my own head with nothing but my own thoughts. mm -mm, Nope. I do not want to be in there. No, it's bad enough. I have to venture in there on my own when I have my eyes to entertain me with other things. I can't take away my, my hearing where I can't listen to music I can't hear the birds. I can't hear the wind. I can't hear the waves. No. I would far better lose my sight than my hearing. So when something happens to one of my eyes, especially my left one, because that's the problem, child, I panic. And I've had this hair all day since my shower that I can't find. All right. We're just going to stop. See, my allergy pills are starting to kick in, so the weepy eye is starting to dry up, and I think that's why it's 
feeling irritated. And I know I can hear my friend Dana in my head right now. The more you touch it, the more irritated it's going to be. Just leave it alone. It'll be fine. All right. I'll leave it alone. Okay. Back to the regular scheduled podcast. Anyway, John Mayer, say, go listen to it. And my favorite version is the ukulele version. It's the, um, if I could pull up my iTunes, I would tell you, oh, hold on. I can pull up my iTunes. I do have the technology. Um, Okay. Uh, oh, they've ch- the new update has changed my iTunes app, and it's really, I don't know how to, I, I don't know how to function with it, because it doesn't have, like, ah, there we are, okay, whew, all right, I found it, uh, it'll be the very last one, of course, no, where is it, why, oh, you know what, it's much easier if I just go to my Shazam. Great app, by the way. I have to thank my sister for that. I'm not endorsing it. Well, I mean, I'm endorsing it, but, you know, I don't get any kickback for it or anything. Um, well, I don't have to go all the way down there. Uh, it is... It's not going to tell me. Oh, come on. Um, eh, the album's called From the Heart, anyway. And... It's, yeah, it's, I love it. You can even go watch the video. I don't care. Cautious Clay does a thing with John Mayer. Anyway, say John Mayer, go listen to it. Good song. Listen to the lyrics. That's how a lot of things resonate with me. The song may be horrific. There are songs out there that I listen to that people look at me and like, who are you? And it's not the song, it's the lyrics, it's the words that affect me. I'm a wordsmith. I work with words. Um, my friend Amy called me a word witch once, because I create magic with words. So when I hear a song, that the lyrics really resonate with me and really move me, um... It doesn't matter if it's pop or if it's rock or if it's classical or if it's reggae or if it's blues. It doesn't matter. If those words hit me, then I like the song and I'll listen to it. Say does that for me. So, okay. I do have a couple of poems. Um, I want to read you, going along the lines of saying what needs to be said, um, I want to read you one of, oh, no, that's not it. Where did it, there it is. Okay. One of my all time favorite poems. Yes, I'm moving this phone all around and I know that my producer who has to edit this is probably cringing because he can probably feel me doing it. <laughs> Going, what is she doing? Anyway. One of these days I'm going to make that sound and I'm going to break something. <laughs> it's either going to be in my throat or, you know, glass. <laughs> or somebody's eardrum. Um, I think this one needs to come with a warning label. High-pitched sounds ensue. Okay. So this is one of my absolute 
favorite, favorite poems. And I'm not even sure why I like it so much. Um, I'm going to read it to you. And then we'll discuss. Okay, so it's called The Charge of the Light Brigade by Alfred Lord Tennyson. I love it. Okay, so. Half a league, half a league, half a league onward. All in the valley of death rode the 600. Forward, the light brigade. Charge for the guns, he said. Into the valley of death rode the 600. Forward, the light brigade. Was there a man dismayed? Not though the soldier knew. Someone had blundered. There's not to make reply. There's not to reason why. There's but to do and die. Into the valley of death rode the 600. Cannon to right of them, cannon to left of them, cannon in front of them, volleyed and thundered, stormed it with shot and shell. Boldly they rode and well. Into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell, rode the 600. Flashed all their sabers bare. Oops, hold on. Flushed as they turned in air, sabering and gunners there, charging an army while all the world wondered. Plunged in the battery smoke, right through the line they broke, Cossack and Russian reeled from the saber stroke, shattered and sundered, and they rode back, but not, not the six hundred. Cannon to the right of them, cannon to left of them, cannon behind them, volleyed and thundered, stormed at with shot and shell, while horse and hero fell. They that had fought so well came through the jaws of death, back from the mouth of hell, all that was left of them, left of six hundred. When can they? When can their glory fade? Oh, the wild charge they made! All the world wondered. Honor the charge they made. Honor the light brigade, noble six hundred. Now that. Right there. Say what you need to say. Those 600 men rode into battle. They didn't question. They didn't ask. They didn't say, hey, why are we doing this? Is this a good idea? They just did as they were told. Their job was to go in there and fight and or die. Kind of what you do. So they knew going into that that they may not come out. So if they had things that they needed to say to anybody, any soldier in any branch of the military, in any kind of military situation where their life could be terminated at any moment for any reason, because of where they are or what they're doing, writes letters, writes something, to someone saying what needs to be said. Saying those I love yous and goodbyes and, you know, thanks for the memories kind of deal. Say what you need to say. Ask the questions. Ask what you need to ask. Say what you need to say. Get it out. Don't keep it in. Don't just go, okay, you know, whatever. Don't don't follow anything in blindly. Okay. That's enough of ranting. Um, the next one. Now, I used to, like I said, back in the day, I didn't verbalize my feelings in words. I didn't tell people 
when they were doing things that were bothering me. I didn't tell people when I was upset or when I was angry. I was always happy-go-lucky Lou. Always with a smile, always there to help, always there to be the shoulder to, to cry on. You know, I will do what I can to make whatever drama, whatever trauma, whatever bad situation you're going through, I will do whatever I can to make it better. I will give you whatever I need to give you, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's the shirt off my back, which I have done, whatever it is, I will make it better for you. I will take your burden. And I never once opened my mouth and said, I can't carry your burden anymore because I've got burdens of my own. Here, you hold this for a while. Take my burden for a bit. I never did that. I never did that. And when my friends, especially my close friends, would get mad at me for absolutely no reason, just because they were having a bad day. And they took it out on me. Instead of me saying, hey, you know what? You're having a crappy day that doesn't give you the right to yell at me. I would say, I'm sorry. What can I do to fix it? So I would write a lot of what I was feeling and what I was dealing with and what I needed to get out into poetry. And these are some of the ones that I wrote um, to deal with that. Now, this one is called Dawn. And on the surface, it looks like a poem about the dawn. So I'm going to read it to you and then I will tell you what it means. Um, ready? Okay. Light stretches her tired fingers towards my window. Dawn steals the night's thunder, rendering him powerless. She comes on padded feet, gentle and serene. He fights her like a warrior, harsh, abrupt and vengeful. Opening her arms wide, she embraces all. He is defeated and crawls back into the shadows. Another day is born. Now, I wrote this after a long night. And I lay in my bed. And I watched the sun come up. Because I couldn't sleep. I hadn't slept in a while. I think I was on day three of not sleeping. Just tossing and turning because I had things I needed to say and I didn't say them and they kept me up at night and I watched as I watched the sun come up and I watched things start to brighten and to lighten and those rays of sun peek up over the roof of the house next door and slowly kind of creep across my dresser and then across the floor and it was it literally was like watching the shadows in my room receding back into the corners and under the dressers and under the desk and under the chair where it's always shadowed and I thought about how every day every night I would go to bed and I would be thinking okay well I would have all those conversations in my head that I should have had and every morning, I was watching this dawn, thinking, here is another opportunity for me to say what I need to say, to stand up for myself, to open my mouth and say, hey, listen to me. So that's where that poem came from. That's what that means. For me, anyway. You might find something totally different. 
Now, this one is at the other end of the spectrum. This is when the shadows come back. And this one is called when the night closes in. As still as the beat of a love, lo love long since past, as dark as the hardest fought night, as silent as the whisper of a put-away child, as calm as the sea before storming. When the night closes in, there is but a moment, a blink, a mere second of time, when it seems as if life holds its breath and is waiting. And then, it's then that I feel most alive. The sound creeps back in, the crickets and rustling. The light finds its surface reflection. The call of the night bird echoes quite loudly, and the trees sway gently in time. My bones grow more weary, and rest starts its calling, and the moment is gone in a flash, to remain just a memory burned into my mind till the next time the night closes in. And I would have a moment every night. I would go into my room, I would close my door, and I would just kind of <sighs> exhale. And it would be a very brief moment of, <sighs> okay, I'm done. I can pick up where I left off tomorrow. Nobody can get me. Nobody can make me feel less than. Nobody can be mad at me for something I didn't do. I didn't have to fix anybody's problems. I didn't have to take care of anybody's business. I was done. And just for a moment. And then, of course, you know, the moment is fleeting and it's gone. And you realize all of the things you didn't say, all of the things you didn't do for you during the day because you were doing for everybody else. And you were holding your, your breath and biting your tongue because it was going to upset somebody else. So that's the beginning of the long night that ends in the dawn. Um, yeah, I think we're going to do this one next. Okay. No, we're going to leave that one. I'm going to leave that one. I'm going to do this one. This one, um, this was a difficult time for me. This was coming back from a very close friend of mine's um, celebration of life. And it was the end of her life. It was also um, the ending. I didn't realize at the time, and neither did she, um, the ending of our friend of a friendship that had been 10 years in and there were mitigating circumstances. And we have since recently discussed this entire situation. Um, she was of one opinion. I was of another opinion. And there was somebody in the middle that was creating both of the opinions. So this one is called the journey and I went to Dana's celebration of life with um, her Thelma or her Louise. I can never, re I could never remember if Dana was Thelma and Patty was Louise, or if Patty was Thelma and Dana was Louise. They were Thelma and Louise. They were each other's Thelma and Louise. 
And um, I have been a part of a pairing like that. I was Sally to my best friend times Jilly Bean. So I totally get that. And to lose that half, that piece tears you apart because that you're so in, ingrained with each other and you know everything about each other. So I went with Patty and Wendy and Daisy and Dave and not the Dave you guys probably know. This is this was Patty's um, husband, Dave. And we drove, I believe it was a six-hour drive. Um, oh, it started, it was a long drive because it started in, Patty was living in London, I think at the time. And then she drove to Toronto to pick me up. And then we drove to Pembroke, which was like a six hour drive, seven hour drive. Poor Dave stuck in a vehicle with all us women. <laughs> and coming back, we were very quiet. We drove back the same day. No, we did stay the night. We did stay the night. That's right. Because um, we stayed at Ravensknoll. And there was a moment in the van on the way back. And we were all kind of listening to the radio. And we were quiet. And we were all kind of lost in our thoughts. And um, I was thinking about my friend that I had lost through death. And my friend that I had lost through my friend's death. Um, and I wrote this poem because there were things that needed to be said that weren't said. There were things, and Dana was very big about making you say the things that need to be said. I wrote her a poem that, you know, I, I didn't even read to her. I gave to her when she was in hospice before she died. And it was kind of to tell her, um, I knew it was time for her her time here was done and that she was not going to recover, that she was not going to be cured. I knew. And she knew I knew she was putting on a brave face. She was telling, Oh no, no, I'm good. It's okay. I'm going to get better. I'm going to be stronger and we're going to do all this stuff. And I mean, I talked to her almost every day and I knew, and she knew I knew and she knew that I knew that she knew. Um, and I wrote her a poem telling her to fly, butterfly, fly, step off that ledge, let go. Your body's done. And she loved it so much. She asked me before she died, if it could be read at her celebration of life. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I would be honored. That'd be great. Yeah. After she died, smarty pants, she even got me in the afterlife, pushed me out of my comfort zone. And it was one of her dying wishes was that I read it out loud at her celebration of life in front of everybody mm -hmm. at the podium. And I knew the entire time I was doing it, she was giggling. I knew it. I just knew it. So there was this moment on the way back and I'm watching the highway, you know, we're, we're out in the middle of nowhere. I'm watching forests and the trees and the green and everything going by. And these words just came to me. It's called The Journey. I, I, I think it was the last 
She was my muse for the longest time. A lot of my poetry was inspired from her, by her, a conversation I had with her. Um, and it says, there was a moment on our way home when three incredible goosebump-raising events occurred. Out of that came this. Thank you, muse. Road tripping with so many facets of your life. The green blur out the window, creating a bond between us all as the miles slip by. Laughter, tears, songs, and dancing as we journeyed without you, but always with you. Friendships have started, bonds renewed, as the blur of green flies by, road tripping with so many facets of your life. And it was weird. It wasn't weird. I mean, it wasn't weird. For me, it wasn't weird. But it was... I can't remember exactly what the three events were. There was something that happened outside of the van, something that came on the radio, and something that was said all at the exact same time. And it was it was like Dana was there. We could all feel her. She was there. It was incredible. And there were things that needed to be said. And it started this conversation with everybody. And... I mean, there are still things to this very day I want to tell Dana, and I I need to tell Dana. And I do tell her. I know she's around. Um, Every year on the anniversary of her death, I always have a visit from a butterfly. Um, The day she died, I had a butterfly come and stay with me for three days on my screen. I thought it had died. I wasn't going to touch it. It was there. And then on the third day, it was gone. Just, it was gone. So, I know that's her. I know that's her. Anyway, so that was that was what I wrote um, to kind of say what needed to be said about that journey so that I would always remember it. So now we're coming to the end of September. We are at the end of September. You're going to be listening to this and it will be October. And October for me being Irish is very important to the Celtic people, of which I am one. It is the end of our yearly calendar. It is our new year. It is when the veil between the land of the living and the land of the dead is at its thinnest. And I wrote this... um, to say something about this time. It's a very hard time for a lot of people. And it's a very stressful time for a lot of people because if you're like me and you're a summer person, you thrive in the summer with the green and the growth and the warmth and the sun. And and we're coming into a time of the year where it's dark and it's cold and it's dreary And I needed to say something about that. I needed to put down in words what I feel this time of year and what it means to me and, and kind of get it out. So this one's called the dying time. They call this the dying time. When life goes to sleep, the coldness creeps in, our harvest we reap. But I stand in a circle of dry cracking leaves as I feel the nighttime tug on my sleeve. My feet on the earth, my heart starts to pound. 
for what completely surrounds me is nothing but sound. Life is still moving in the dark, cold and bleak, with passion and vibrance, not silent and weak. The trees drop a shelter for life in the cold, and life keeps on going, proud and so bold. They call this the dying time when life goes to sleep, but life just keeps changing, new places they keep. While many may quiet in the still of the time, life keeps on marching, it holds its own rhyme. And you have to kind of remember that, and and when you get into the darker times of the year, and you have struggles, like I have struggles with depression, and I don't do well on dark, dreary days. Um, and winter in Ontario, especially in this area of Ontario, more days are dark and dreary than not. So winter is a very hard time for me. And staying on the premise of say what you need to say, when you get into those types of situations and you're struggling, those are the times when you need to say what you need to say the most, when you need to turn to somebody and say, hey, you know what? I'm kind of in a dark place. It's a dark time of the year. I'm in a dark place. I need help. I need help. Those are the hardest words to say and the easiest ones to say. I need help. Three words. Hardest words to say. And they're not difficult words. Not to spell, not to speak, but to mean them, to say them, to ask that question. I need help. It's hard to say. So I'm going to end out this poetry and this podcast, because we are now at an hour again, um, with this one. And it's kind of, for all of those that are empaths, and all of those that get that shiver up the back of their spine when they're in a place that has an energy they can feel. This time of year, those of us that can connect with the other side, um, with energy, it's stronger this time of year. And even those that don't have, or don't think they have an ability or a connection, or um, even works with that, or believes in that, will find that this time of year, especially in October, beginning of November, um, they'll get that shiver up their spine. They'll get that t- tingle in the base of their spine, in the small of their back, and and you know that creepy, okay, I'm gonna get out of here kind of feeling. So this doesn't have a title. So I can't give you a title. Something is stirring. Can you feel it? That tickle in the pit of your stomach. The breathless anticipation of an unasked question. Something is moving. Can you sense it? That shift in awareness, putting senses on alert. The swiftly pounding heart that beats out a warning. Something is stirring. Something is moving. Are you ready? Are you aware? Do you know? Breathe, reach, ground, and breathe. Be ready, for it comes for us all. And that, my friends, is how I'm going to leave this podcast. Remember to say what you need to say. 
doesn't matter if you think it's right. It doesn't matter if you feel it's, it's the perfect timing, whatever. If you have something to say, don't wait. Say it. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed a minute from now. You're not guaranteed anything. You're born and you die. All you have is that space between. Make it worthwhile. Don't have regrets. Don't, oh, I should have done that sooner. I should have said this or I should have said that. What if I had said that? What if I had done that? Don't do that. Don't do that. There is no time frame, no timeline for anything. Anything. Who made those timelines? Who says, okay, you can't do this right away. You can't do this right away. You can't do... Who made those? Who? Tell me. If you want to do this, do it. If you want to say this, say it. Whatever. Say what you need to say. Get it out. Don't hold it in because you're not doing anybody any good. You're not telling the people that you need to tell the people the stuff. You're not telling them. So they don't know. They don't know how you feel. They don't know if, if what they're doing is affecting you. Tell your friends. Tell whatever. 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 There's no rules and restrictions. and There's, there's no timelines or whatever. Just if you have something to say, say it. Because you might not get another chance. So, all right, I'm going to end this. You can find me on Facebook at Lupa's Bits, the podcast. Also on Twitter at Lupa's Bits, the podcast. And we are over on Instagram, which I really need to start paying more attention to that. I have a plan. I have a plan. So you'll start to see some more stuff happening over there on the Lupa's Bits, the podcast Instagram page. Uh and don't forget to go and vote for my story at The World of Myth, www.theworldofmyth.com. And it's Friday, so Monday, tune in to The World of Myth Bits. They are going to be doing magazine review. I'm so excited. Wednesday, um, My Public Life as an American Nerd with Dave. Make sure you tune in and listen to that. And I will be back next Friday. All right, everybody. Have a groovy week. See ya. Carry on my way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.